I love camping. Uh, anybody else like camping? Yeah? I w by the way, I wish that you could have sat where I sat. It was pretty awesome just to hear uh, voices from all directions in the middle. I wonder if that's what God feels like in the middle there. And that's also the reason why I'm not going to be standing in the middle uh, because my ego couldn't take it. And also because I don't want half of you to look at my rear end, the uh, you know, half of the time. What's your any good campfire songs? Did you think of any when we're, we're here? Any campfire songs? Kumbaya, that jumped to mind, yes. Anything else? Hmm, what's that? Row, row, row your boats. Row, row, we could sing that, yeah. Any, any campfire songs came back from your, your memories as a, as a kid at all? Share your favorites, camp, camping campfire story with your neighbor really quick. Favorite campfire camping story with your neighbor. I just thought of one. Hello, mother. Hello, father. Is that the writing? Hello, mother. Hello. Can you? That, yeah, that's one. I, I, I do love camping. I don't like the beds or the bugs or the bears. Uh, and Lonnie and I have had experience with bears before. You can ask Lonnie about that. Uh, but I, I love, probably my favorite part of camping is the fire. It's something about getting around the fire at, at night, and it's just, there's a soothing quality to it. I don't know if you felt soothed this morning a little bit as you've been looking at the fire. Maybe, maybe some of you needed that this morning as you came in, into the house of the Lord. You needed that kind of restful worship time. There's something, I just get mesmerized by the flames, and I wish that we could light this bad boy up this morning and actually have huge flames. There's just something about looking into it. It, it just seems almost sometimes kind of almost holy, if you will. We've gone on a couple of camping trips with students, and, and I'll always check with uh, Mr. Ray when we go. It's like, is there a burn ban? Is there a burn ban happening? Because that just is a downer when you can't have a, a campfire. It just kind of takes something out of the experience when it's, it, it's not there. I think God likes fires too. If you look throughout uh, Scripture, there are different places where God really connects to fire. I mean, think about this with with. At the very beginning, this, this thought of, of Moses at the burning bush. Remember what he told him, take off your, your shoes. You're on, you're on holy ground in this burning bush. And, and, and Moses was looking at, and God was speaking to him. And other times there were altars that were built. And God would smell the smoke from the altar and he would be pleased as well. There's, there's a section in Leviticus where, where God is beginning to set this relationship up uh, with Israel. I don't know if you've read Leviticus lately. Uh, there's some interesting stuff in there. But there would be an altar that was there. And God would instruct the people, don't let the flame go out on the altar. Don't let the flame go out in the altar. And this altar was in this holy space that they had. Now, we're in this series. Uh, if you just joined us, this is not normally how we're set up. But we're in a series. It's called uh, Ghost Stories, a not-so-spooky series about the Holy Spirit. So we talked about the Holy Spirit last week, and I don't know of a better place to tell ghost stories than around a campfire, but last week we talked about how the Holy Spirit, uh, kind of a Holy Spirit 101, what the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit does, and we kind of had uh, just a talk about, and maybe the big part of that was the idea that, that holy, the Holy Spirit is pretty personal. 
it's not an it, but it, it's a person in our, in our lives. And so we're going to jump in and co- kind of continue in that thought today. And if you have a Bible, turn to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, and we're going to start with, with verse 4. If you need some help on the two screens, we'll, we'll have, the, we'll have uh, the verses for you. It says this, and just to set up, these are the last words to, Jesus has for his disciples on earth. He, his last words to them, and, and he's about to leave them. Once when he was eating with them, this is Luke, uh, the author of Acts, speaking. He commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore your kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. Essentially, Jesus is telling them, hey, this is not your concern. Don't worry about when the Father is, is doing what he's going to do in the future. That's not your concern. Let's, let's focus on something else. And he, and he directs them to this verse that might sound very familiar. But you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my, what? Witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, after saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from, from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. Now, this is one of my favorite scenes in the Bible because I just imagine these guys, and they're, they're, Jesus is there, and suddenly he just gets lifted up. How do you see that scene in your mind? He just gets lifted up into heaven, and there's just, you just see them suddenly. Like, all, how long were they looking up in the clouds? But, you know, how long were they staring up there? And I'm sure at some point, maybe one of them even said, wait a second, he can fly? Why have we, why have we been walking all this time if he can fly? But they're just staring up and staring up. I'm sure it was minutes even before they even noticed there were angels standing with them and going, hey, why are you looking up for? Why are you, why, where are you looking for, men of Galilee? And there's this moment where they just have this realization that he's gone. He's really gone. I wonder if the words came back to their minds where they, they remember what Jesus said when he said, you know what's going to be better that I go away. It'd be better that, that I go away because the Holy Spirit, this gift is gonna come and it's gonna be better for you. We had this phrase that we, this quote from last week, I think it's, it's great for us. It's the spirit inside of you is better than Jesus beside you. That the spirit inside of you, Jesus said, is gonna be better. It's gonna be better for you than, than me being beside you. Now, Later, Paul would talk about how, and maybe you've heard this phrase in Corinthians, that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, that this, this thing is, is, is inside of you. So what I want to know today is, how do you know that this Holy Spirit is inside of you? How, how do you know? A couple of months ago, we were moving some things around the church, and we had this pile of wood in the, 
the gym area, and uh, we were moving some wood, and there, there were nails in the wood, and I wasn't paying attention, and suddenly, have you seen the movie Home Alone where the bad guy steps on the nail? I recreated that scene uh, out in the church, and of course, there was just like this, sounds that came out of, of me, and like, I could just feel it uh, just going into my, my foot from my shoe, and I, you know, pulled my foot out, and I looked at the nail, and you know, half of it has a whole bunch of rust and, and gross stuff on it, and the other half was suddenly clean. Uh, yeah, and then immediately, after the pain uh, began to subside, and it, it, it still kind of throbbing, I began to think, what do I need to do now? Uh, and then, of course, I did something awful, and I started Googling things uh, and images and what happens. You know, I thought, when was that last tetanus shot? You know, my mom's not around. She usually keeps up with these kind of things. I can't remember when that, who keeps up with that? Where do you put that information? I couldn't remember. I could not remember, so I thought, I do not want to become, I cannot lose my foot, I cannot let my foot become like these pictures that I'm seeing on Google right now. And so finally, I just, you know, I was like, you know, is tetanus shot? I mean, is it tetanus they put in you? Are you preventing tetanus? Or do you, you know, you know the answer to that, moms, don't you? It's the tetanus, it's, that's not what you, you don't want that. You want the serum that protects you or prevents you from getting the tetanus. So finally, I went to the doctor. I went and said, you know, I'm just going to get a shot. It doesn't hurt to have two, I guess. And the minute that that shot came in me, suddenly I remembered I got a, a, a shot when the girls were born for whooping cough to prevent that. With a, and, and I had a tetanus shot as well. A double blessing of tetanus shot right there into me. <laughs> but I was going to the question of, is that, is the, is the you know, is it in me or, or not? And, and that's the question. Is, is the Holy Spirit, is it in us? How would we know that? What's the evidence that that, that would, would be the case? So there's this phrase that he used, and it's Acts 1.8. And maybe you know this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit is on you. You will receive power. You will receive power. Every time the Holy Spirit shows up in the Bible, there's this sense of power that's there. I mean, even in, in, in stories like Samson, in, in the book of Judges, Samson, you remember the strong guy, long hair? It said in one verse that he was filled with the Holy Spirit and he, he had this great power that a lion attacked him and he ripped the lion apart with his bare hands, okay? Serious power, physical power. And what happens next? I love this next verse. But he did not tell his mother or his father. Now, that's something you probably wouldn't want to tell. You're, you know, maybe worried about mom's reaction to the ripping apart with your bare hands. But I kind of think dad would, you know, kind of be proud of that. You know, little knuckles if, if I came home and told him that. But there's this power that came. Then Jesus, in the New Testament, it says he was filled with, with the Holy Spirit and with power. He was filled with Holy Spirit and power. And in 2 Timothy, it says this, For God did not give us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. And Paul would even write this. I, I didn't come to you with, with wise words or intelligent words, but I came in the power of the Holy Spirit. There's this power that's associated with the Holy Spirit. I sometimes, uh, if it's on Facebook or Twitter, I, I, I look at the side column and there's this little column that says trending. Have you ever seen that or you clicked on that before? There was something that was trending, I think it was either yesterday or the day before, an actress, a semi-famous actress, she had a very open and honest interview. And I don't know if you saw this, but she basically said this. 
in her, in her comments, I am extremely codependent. I shatter a little bit when I think about, uh, when I think people don't like me. That's part of why I lead with kindness and, and, and compensate by being very bubbly all the time because it really hurts my feelings when I know that I'm not liked. And I know that's not very healthy and I fight it all the time. And, I, and it makes me feel anxious on the inside. And she even later says, you know, it caused me to, to constantly mold my interest around my classmates and around other people around me because of this, this fear that's inside of her. And as I was reading those comments, I thought to myself, I bet 99% of us can relate to this. I can relate to this. Have you ever felt that just fear and anxiety about what other th- people think? Uh, that, that worry that wh- what are they gonna, if I say this, if I do this, I've gotta, I've gotta say something or do something so I can be liked. And it doesn't matter if you're 12 years old and it doesn't matter if you're 55 years old. I think there's a part of us that, 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 that's inside of us that's there. I think Peter experienced that as well. He was scared to death at times what others thought. What would happen if he did this or if he said this? We know about examples. The, the biggest one would be, of course, the one where he denied Jesus. He's, he's, he just days before said, God, Jesus, I would, I would die for you. But when the pressure was on, what happened? He just, he just melted in that, that moment. He just, just melted. I love this, this verse. This is an amazing scripture about the, the Spirit. It's in Romans. It's on the screen for you. It's in Romans 8. It says this. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit. And I love, there's other versions that say his Spirit bears witness to our spirit. It's almost the spirits, they, they come together, our spirits come together, and that we know that we are God's children. That we know that we are God's children. There's this, this, this presence in our life that we know, and we have this confidence. The, a picture that I found, uh, a little girl, and uh, uh, an elephant that's there. I, I love that she's just got her legs crossed, and it's just like, hey, this is my buddy here. What you gonna do about it? There's nothing that you can do. There's just this aura of confidence around her. The disciples, when the Holy Spirit came on them, they were totally different people. They went from having this fear, from having this timidity, to being bold with their words, bold with their faith, bold with their actions. One of my favorite parts of scripture is when Peter He's before this people, the same people that crucified Jesus, this Sanhedrin. And, and he begins to testify about Jesus. He gets a second chance. He gets a second chance to step up in the moment, and he tells them, let me tell you exactly why we are who we are, why we help this man. It's because of Jesus Christ and no other reason. And this is what the council said. The members of the council, they were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see that they were just ordinary men with no special training in scriptures. They also recognized that these men had been with Jesus. I don't know if there's a better thing you could say about anybody. Those people have been with Jesus. There's something different about them. There's a boldness about them. In fact, they go on to say, hey, we've got to stop this thing before it gets bigger, this Jesus thing. What are we going to do about this? So they kind of hold a a special session and say, okay, we're going to threaten them. 
we're going to say, don't do this anymore. Don't talk about Jesus anymore. Don't, don't, don't. So they came out. They threatened Peter. They threatened John. What is the reaction from Peter? This is, this is fantastic. Peter says this, do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot. There's nothing that you can do. There's no, no threat that you can make. There's no action that you can, you can threaten against us that can stop us from telling about everything we have seen and we have heard. When you have that kind of presence in your life, when you have the spirit pressing against your spirit, that kind of, it builds a confidence and a boldness in you that you do not fold under the pressure that's there, that God strengthens you and gives you a boldness. I think it's a game changer in life. Just to consider this question, what if, what if you live not dependent on what others thought, but knowing and believing that you are a child of the king? that you are a child of the Father, that you can say to him, you are Abba Father, you are God, and you are my God. There's a confidence that comes in that. I think the Spirit, as I've kind of looked at Scripture, it seems like there's, a, there's a, an understanding that he gives us. He, he, he presses in our spirit, and he gives us a discernment, an understanding that's there that you see within the disciples as well. I, I, I've been a youth pastor, I was a youth pastor for a lot of years, and, and I know that there's this thing, that this burden that we have as youth pastors is, is this idea of communicating to young people. And especially as you get older and older, that became a little more difficult. Eddie doesn't have that problem, he's got cool hair. Uh, but the, the, the idea of trying to communicate this message of, okay, I want to tell you something. If you could just get this, okay, this will save you a ton of, of trouble in life. If you could just, if I could just creatively explain this or give an illustration or give a visual or something that just, the light bulb would go off. And maybe as a, a parent or as a teacher, you've, you've thought this before with kids. If I could just somehow, that they would get it, their future would be so much easier, brighter, fuller, all of these things. And we're trying to, how can I, or maybe you've even had that moment now, maybe even recently where you said, you know, mom was, was right. Mom was right. And suddenly the light bulb came on. And you're like, maybe she knew what she was talking about along the way. If I just would have known this, then, then I, the spirit speaks to us. Check out this scripture in 1 Corinthians 2 says this, however, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God, for who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them. In the same one, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, explaining spiritual realities with spirit-taught words. The person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit, but considers them foolish and cannot understand them because they, dis they are discerned only through the Spirit. The Holy Spirit, I, I love what someone said, the man moved the pen when writing the Bible, the scriptures, but the Holy Spirit moved the man. And the Spirit 
ordained and spoke through people as they, cre- as they wrote down scripture. And it's become a, 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 such a, a hallmark for us as a, a mouthpiece to God. And that these spiritual things that the Holy Spirit speaks to us, when the Spirit is in us, we suddenly can understand them. And we have aha, revelation moments through scripture. I had a student uh, once here in, in a lot of you staff would, would probably uh, know him. I, I ran into this guy. I hadn't seen him in, in, a, in a couple of years. And I was in a coffee shop in Cyprus. And this young man came in. His name is Brad. And, uh, you know, when Brad was in the youth group, he was definitely one of those students that I would always pray for and say, you know, God, give me the words that will somehow make this click. Lord, help me, help Scripture come alive. Help, you know, people in our youth staff and other places to, to suddenly, for so he'll be able to, to understand and, and fully get this whole thing. But it seemed like nothing was really clicking. And there was this inner anger that was there. And it almost came across in his presence when you were, when you were with him. And I just kept praying and hoping and seeking. I ran into this, this guy uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it was like I, I ran into a totally different person. He was totally transformed and changed, not just from the words that he was speaking, but his just his persona and, and who he was, his attitude, his, his eyes, his heart was totally changed. I said, Brad, I've got to ask you, what is the difference? What is the difference in you? And then basically he said, I gave my life to Jesus. And suddenly it just all makes sense. It all makes sense. And I can't stop reading scripture. I can't get enough of it. And it's just, it's just light bulb after light bulb after light bulb for this kid. It's amazing. And that's what happened was when the Spirit, suddenly things that you've read that you're like, man, this doesn't make any sense. When God's Spirit is inside of you and that flame is burning inside of you, you have these light bulb moments and you suddenly, you get it. Do you remember who you were before Christ and how it just kind of seemed like, man, I just don't understand these crazy Christians. They do a lot of weird stuff, you know? But then when you became a Christ follower, suddenly things looked different, and they changed. That's what the Spirit does to us. That's what the Spirit does to us. When I was a kid, my mom taught me a song. I don't know if you remember this song as a kid. Uh, We'll try. Uh, He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon, stars, the sun, and the earth, and Jupiter, and Mars. How loving and patient he will, must be. Thank you. He's still working on me. Got it? He's still working on me to make me what ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be. He's still working on me. There's like three other verses. I am not going to go there, okay? That's our campfire song this morning. He's still working on me. What I found is, as I get closer to the, the fire, that God begins to, to shine some lights on some areas in my life. They, they, they refer to it, I think, uh, in, with metals and with gold as this refining fire that's there, that you have to get a fire to a certain degree that you... Maybe it's, I I, want to say I read a thousand degrees when you take gold and other precious metals and it begins to, you sift out the impurities 
that are, are there. It, it kind of makes me think about what God does through us. When that fire is inside of us, he continually works on us. There's not a perfect person in this room. There's not a person that has completely figured out the whole Jesus following thing. And if that fire is inside of us, that spirit is inside of us, I kind of think he's constantly working on us, making him more and more like him. I went to lunch with a friend a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we were talking about random things, and he just I want to say it was out of the blue, but it probably wasn't. But he was like, hey, I just want to, basically he wanted to just point, me, point out something in my life. And the short version of it is that he said, you know, sometimes you have a real critical eye. You have kind of a real critical spirit. Did you kind of pick things apart sometimes? And when he said it, immediately I was like, you have no idea what you're talking about, you know? And I kind of rejected it. And I, I just felt like, I can't believe, how dare him? I can't, he's not perfect. I can't believe he'd say that about me. I'm a pastor, okay? <laughs> but God began to just take that thing and just gnawed on me and gnawed on me. And it just, it was like, it just burned and the, the, this light just kept on shining on it. And man, it was just the Holy Spirit just poking me and speaking to me. And that's what he does. When, when the flame is in our heart and our life, it begins to just make him more like him. That's what he does. So the question I have for you, is God working on you right now? What is God doing in your life right now? There's this guy that, uh, Nashville First Church, uh, my buddy uh, Adam has, has been there for, for years and years. And there was a, a, a guy that he just, he loves. He's an older gentleman, and, and I don't know if he, he's still with us, but Adam would just take me to this guy, and, and this older guy, and, and when you would go and spend time with him, it would be, uh, it's just amazing. You'd sit there with him and say, you're never going to believe what God showed me this week in Scripture. You're never going to believe what God's telling me. It was like he was doing something new in him all the time, but he'd been in the church for probably 50 years or more. And that's what he does. He continues to work on us. He continues to work on us. Uh, there's a, a show. It's called, uh, I just found out about the show. I'm sure it's been around forever. Top Gear. Uh, anybody watch that show, Top Gear? I think they have an American version of it. And there's also, I think originally it was British, the BBC, if you will. Uh, a guy used to hold, host a, a late night show. His name is Jay Leno. He was a guest on Top Gear, and uh, basically they talk about cars, they race cars, they do all kinds of things with cars and motors and stuff. But I caught this interview, and it was just something jumped out at me, and it's a story that, that Jay told. Uh, so check out this video. Took you a while on that one, didn't you? It's a funny guy. I, I've watched that clip a couple times, and you know what? After a while, something jumped out at me there, and I... Uh, I felt, a little, I felt a little poked myself uh, by the Holy Spirit when I was watching this. I was like, the question that jumped at me was, do you ever act like an undercover Christian? Do you ever act like an undercover Christian? And I, I felt that kind of voice in me saying that, that, hey, you know, I'm a Christian it, only if, if the, the situation just perfectly presents itself. It seems like the Holy Spirit, when he's present in us, the Holy Spirit's but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be witnesses. You will be witnesses for me. What is, what is a witness? A witness is one who testifies, who bears witness, who declares 
who confirms. It's this, this chance, this opportunity we have to tell others about Jesus, to tell others about who Jesus is. And, and that's exactly what Peter did. That's exactly what the disciples did. They went out and they were witnesses in the world. When the Spirit is inside of you, you can't, like you said earlier, I can't hold it back. I have to, I have to tell others. Ephesians 5.25 says this, Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's lead in every part of our lives. Has the Holy Spirit ever prompted you before? Has, it, has the Holy Spirit ever whispered inside of you to do something? Maybe to speak boldly to someone? Or to, to do something just out of the ordinary? And it seems a little crazy at the time. But you know there's something prompting you, pushing you. And I can't even explain it. It's almost mysterious the way he does it. But I know that he does because I've heard others talk about it. I've experienced it where he tells me to, to go say something to someone or to do something or write a check or give something to someone or a card. Or It's it just amazing the way the Spirit prompts. One of my favorite practices is to, to sit with my Bible or devotion book and with my phone. And I just begin to read Scripture as God's leading me. And then I begin to ask the questions of, who do I need to text? Who do I need to call? And God has led me to encourage. He's convicted me sometimes, and I've had to apologize to someone. God, how are you prompting me? How are you moving me? There's a, a guy named Lee Strobel, and you've maybe read some of his books or heard about him. He was an atheist that gave his life to the Lord. I heard him tell a, a story about early on in his faith. You know, he's a writer for the Chicago Tribune. It's a, a great city and a better team there in Chicago. And uh, he's writing for the Tri Tribune, and he switched jobs to another paper uh, right after he gave his life to the Lord. And as God was dealing with him, he suddenly there was a, a prompting in his life where there was a person back at the Tribune that God clearly told him, you need to go and you need to share your faith with this person. You need to witness to this person. And, and Lee was fighting this back and forth. You know, I know that guy. Does it, he doesn't know God. He, he's, you know, just kind of really far apart from him. And it's just going to be awkward. I just don't want to do that, God. And just back and forth he was with God and finally said, okay, I'm going to do it. It was almost like he just threw in the towel with God after wrestling with him. And after work one day, he goes back to the Tribune, and he, he's in the office, and in the office, there's all kinds of noise and construction. He's like, and there's this moment we wanted to back out and say, I don't know if this is the right place for time because it's so noisy. And he, he goes to the guy's cubicle, and he said, for 30 minutes, I just, I just gave it to him. I just said, you know, this is what God's doing in my life, and here's some scripture, and it's amazing how he's changed me and, and moved me, and I used to be an atheist. Just all the, his whole story for 30 minutes. And he said, at the end of the talk, he looks at the guy, and it was just like, nothing. Nothing. I mean, it was just like, what are you, what are you? And the guy says, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, and Lee just walks away, and he said, you know, thank you for allowing me to, and, and just knew without a doubt, you know, it's, man, that's just like a brick wall that I just talked to for 30 minutes, and he walks away discouraged, and he, he goes outside, and he's just having this conversation with God. God, why did you, why did you make me do that? I knew it was going to be like that. I knew it was going to happen that way. I knew he wasn't going to receive it. I just, I just knew it. A couple of months down the road, he goes to church, and this man walks up to him at church and says, hey, I, are, are you Lee Strobel? He said, 
yes, I, I am. Uh, and he just, the guy acts like he knows Lee from somewhere. And, and, and Lee finally says, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I, I don't know who you are. And, and the man said, well, actually, you're the one that led me to the Lord. You're the one that led me to the Lord. And Lee's like, I don't think I've ever met you before. How is, how is that possible? He said, you don't understand. There was a day that you came into the Chicago Tribune, and I was laying tile beside the cubicles, and it was noisy, but I heard every word you said. I heard every word you said. And that day, I went home, I went beside my bed, and I asked God into my life. And I am different, I'm a different person. When we obey the promptings of the Holy Spirit, he does miraculous and amazing things. Now, back to that fire. Remember Leviticus 6. God said this, keep the fire burning. Keep the fire burning. There's another scripture that says, don't, what is it? Don't quench the spirits. Don't extinguish the spirits. Now, I am no way a woodsman, okay? That's not who I am. But I know a few things about fire. To keep them going, there's some things that you have to do, right? Number one, you have to pay attention to them. If you don't pay attention, suddenly they go out, okay? If you leave lots of periods of time with not looking them. So what do we have to do to keep fires going? We have to turn our attention and our hearts toward the flame. There are some things that are all around us that are wanting to grab your attention in various directions and pull you away from the flame, the Holy Spirit in your life. And when you allow that to happen, the flame can go out and we can quench the Holy Spirit. I know this about flames and fires. You gotta put fuel on them. In fact, back in Leviticus, he says this, daily, he doesn't say, go on Sunday and put wood on the fire when he's talking to the people. He says, daily, guys, go and put wood on the fire. Clean out the ashes. Clean out the impurities. Add more fuel. Add more fuel to this flame and build that flame up daily. We have to fuel the flame through Scripture, through time with God, through these these moments that we have with him and we have to be obedient. When the spirit is speaking, we have to say yes. Say yes to the promptings that he has in our life. And if we don't do that, the flame will go out. It'll go out. Now, it's hard sometimes in those promptings because there's moments maybe even like you felt today Man, why are we doing this? Why are we arranging our chairs this way? This is a little different. It's a little awkward. Maybe even a little uncomfortable. That's not my normal seat. I want my normal seat. I don't want change. Change, oh man. The Holy Spirit doesn't stay in one place, folks. He's constantly pushing and prodding and moving and if you're going to tell the Holy Spirit no, then he's going to go somewhere else. Because the Holy Spirit doesn't adapt to us. We adapt 
to the Holy Spirit. And we move where he moves. We go where he goes. And sometimes that means pushing past some uncomfortableness. Sometimes it means pushing past that. Well, what are they gonna say? What are they gonna think? What are they, if I say that, if I do that? But the Holy Spirit, the one, the one who is with us, who will press against your spirits and give us a boldness and a confidence if we are obedient to him. So this morning, this is what I wanna just give you a chance to do. I know this is a shock, but we're gonna pray here at the end of the service. Guys, are gonna, they're gonna sing a song. And I'm just gonna give you a chance to spend some time with the Holy of Holies. And folks, he doesn't just live in this place. He lives in this place. So take a few minutes this morning. Maybe you need to confess. Maybe you need to ask God, Lord, where are you leading me to go next? What are you leading me to say next or do next? I want to be obedient. I want to, I want to have your courage. I want to have your boldness. God, I need your confidence right now. I feel like, I feel like that actress. I feel like there's so much fear and timidity in my life that I'm so worried about what others think. And I don't want that anymore. Maybe this morning you need to say, I want more of your spirit. The word tells us, what do we need to do? Ask. Draw close to me and I'll draw close to you. So we're gonna sing and then I'm gonna pray. Father, God, we thank you so much for your presence in our life. God, we thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit that's taken place this morning, that's been in and out of these chairs, is moving in us, speaking to us through your word. God, I pray that you would help us to be hearers and doers of your word, Lord. I pray that we would, God, seek you with our whole hearts. You tell us when we do that, you're not hiding. We will find you. If we draw close to you, you'll draw close to us. Lord, I pray this morning for those who are around the, the room, prayers of, of confession, prayers of, of hope and, and desire to want to do your will. Lord, I pray that this week in moments in, in, in offices and bedrooms and in different places, God, Lord, I pray that, that we would put fuel on the fire. Lord, I pray that your word would speak through the Holy Spirit to us. I pray that in, in cars this week, Lord, your presence would be known. God, I pray that our relationship with you would grow stronger and stronger, Lord, that your, your voice would grow stronger and stronger in our life, God. Lord, I pray, God, for those who, who feel this morning, it feels like their, the flame in their life is dim. God, I pray that, Lord, you would enable and strengthen us and prompt us and push us to put fuel into the fire. Lord, God, I pray for those this morning who are, are very distant from you. And God, that are, are seeking the courage in prayer this morning to step closer, to take a step closer, to take a step closer. Lord, I pray for the one this morning that is, is just in their hearts and their mind praying right now for the courage to put their faith in you for the first time, to turn towards you, to turn away from from, the, from their life of where they are and to repent and toward their face toward you and to your fire and to your flame, to your spirit, Lord. God, I, I, I ask that you would give us courage and boldness to speak 
to those we love, to, th- to those we know, the people in our circles, Lord, a chance to witness. God, you called every single one of us to be a witness to you and to what you've done and to your glory, to your love and your grace. God, may we not, may we not be super spies in the world, but may we lead with boldness and courage, Lord. May we show others you with our lives and with our mouths as well, Lord. And we lift all these things in your precious holy name. Amen. Amen. I invite Michelle to come up. And uh, I just want to give you an action step as we get ready to go this morning. And your action step is this. I've been praying uh, this week that God would specifically prompt you this week. I have no idea what that means for you. But as you are spending time, maybe it was this morning, but maybe as you're spending time this week, whatever it is, God is going to speak specifically to you if you seek him. And I'm praying that you do it, that you step up, that you have the boldness and the courage to to say it, to do it, to go there, to whatever, to call, to text, as God leads you. What would it be like? What if we were a church that every time the Spirit spoke, we moved. What would that look like? The kingdom would come. His kingdom would most definitely come to all kinds of places.